This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 104 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPPN Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of Comfort premiered on ABC on November 11, 1980 at 9.30 p.m. Based on the U.K. series Keep It in the Family and the return of Ted Knight to television. He plays Henry Rush, the creator of comic strip Cosmic Cow, and often talks to a puppet version of the character while drawing it. Knight was also a ventriloquist. Henry also liked wearing college sweatshirts, which became an ongoing gag with people sending in shirts. His wife, Muriel, Nancy DeSalt, is a photographer and former band singer. They have two adult daughters, ditzy blonde Sarah, Lydia Cornell, attending college, and level-headed brunette Jackie, Deborah Van Valkenburg, who works at a bank. Both of them still live at home in the lower floor of their small San Francisco home. And then there's Monroe, Jim J. Bullock, the flamboyant street musician who dropped by a lot to annoy Henry. Hey there, Mr. Rash he would eventually move into the attic. More characters came and went. Hamilton Camp played Henry's boss. Dina Freeman played April, Henry's niece, who moved in for a while. Audrey Meadows played Muriel's mother, Iris, who moved in to help out after Muriel had another child, played by William Thomas and Michael Philip Cannon, and then later Joshua Goodwin. Lisa Antio played a nanny who got involved with Monroe in a move that didn't fool anyone. Sarah and Jackie, by that point, had been written out to make room both physical and script. We covered Ted Knight in episode 56 for The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Nancy DeSalt in episode 60 for The New Dick Van Dyke Show, Hamilton Camp in episode 49 for He and She, and Audrey Meadows way back in episode 13 for, of course, The Honeymooners. Lydia Cornell's mother was a concert violinist, her father a concertmaster, and she was a descendant of Harriet Beecher Stowe. Lydia started in music indirectly, working for rock stars, and then got a degree in advertising and drama. At one point, she was a production assistant for Jack Webb before moving to acting. Her first speaking part was on a Love Boat episode. She returned several times once she became a star. Apart from that and Too Close for Comfort, she had guest roles on a handful of shows as well as running the game show circuit. Deborah Van Valkenburg studied to be a painter but got a role in gang film The Warriors. She's the first female name in the IMDb listing. During the Comfort run, she appeared in Streets of Fire and would go on to a lot of guest roles. She would eventually win a fantasy film award for Road to Hell. Jim J. Bullock originally planned to become an evangelist, but dropped out of college after getting a music scholarship. After some minor film roles, he got too close for comfort, which made him a star. 
He would go on to regular or recurring roles on ALF, Queer Duck, doing voice work, Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, The Bold and the Beautiful, and a long run on game shows, becoming the center square on the Hollywood Squares. He's been in films, Spaceballs and Kissing Jessica Stein, and on the stage in Hairspray. At one point, he co-hosted a talk show with Tammy Faye. In 1985, during the comfort run, Bullock learned he was HIV positive, although he wouldn't make the diagnosis public for a decade when his partner died of AIDS complications. This was Dina Freeman's only regular TV role. She did a lot of TV guest roles and appeared in films Intelligence and Togetherness. She's also done a lot of commercials and is an acting coach for teens. Too Close for Comfort started out strong. Having Happy Days as a lead-in did not hurt. During the first two seasons, it hit 3.7 on the Bazinga scale. However, in season three, ABC moved the show to a much more precarious spot in the schedule paired with Joni Loves Chachi. It dropped out of the top 30 and ABC canceled it. A Laney Kazan-based backdoor pilot aired as the last episode, which went nowhere. At the time, Metro Media was expanding their first-run syndication package in an effort would later lead to the Fox TV network. They picked up comfort for first-run syndication where it did very well. There was a controversial episode where Monroe was raped by two women. This was during the very special episode era. In late 1985, there was a reboot of sorts. Cornell, then Valkenberg, and Meadows left. Henry retired from cartooning and bought part of a Mill Valley newspaper where he became editor, with the remaining family moving there. The show was also renamed The Ted Knight Show, the same name as his last series. The show continued to do well and might have lasted for longer if not for Ted Knight's colon cancer diagnosis in 1985. He passed a year later. The show was in both first-run and repeat syndication for decades, with TBS, TV Land, Logo, and Antenna TV involved. Rhino produced DVDs for the first two seasons using the edited syndicated version. Cartoon Network's Adult Swim did one of their greatest events in television history mockumentaries, remaking the show's opening, which you can find on YouTube. But there's nowhere today you can see the actual show, based on my research. For a show that ran a total of six seasons and 129 episodes, that is shocking. Perhaps the portrayal of the obviously gay Bullock as straight by flamboyant Monroe is too non-PC today. I did find the opening theme, which is like something you'd hear in an elevator. Bosom Buddies premiered on ABC on November 27, 1980 at 8.30 p.m., a different take on Some Like It Hot, where roommate buddies Henry and Kiff, Peter Scolari and Tom Hanks, yes, that Tom Hanks, find themselves homeless. We eventually see the wrecking ball actually go through the previous apartment. When they learn from work friend Amy, Wendy Jo Sperber, that there's a vacancy in her apartment building, they jump at it, the only problem, the Susan B. Anthony Hotel is for women only. The TV solution? Dress up as women and live there anyway. Amy's the only one, at least at first, who knows the truth. Kip falls in love with Sonny Donna Dixon, which is problematic. Isabel, Telma Hopkins, is the other resident, along with manager Lily, Lucille Benson. 
Ruth, Holland Taylor, is their boss. In the second season, the boys and Amy take over a failing commercial production company and Isabel takes over managing the hotel. Tom Hanks studied for the theater and did a long-term internship at the Great Lakes Theater Festival. He moved to New York in 1979 and got a job in slasher film He Knows You're Alone with a Love Boat episode and Bosom Buddies soon after. He met his wife, Rita Wilson, on that series. Apart from a few more guest roles, including a short run on Family Ties as alcoholic Uncle Ned, paging a very special episode, he quickly left the small screen behind. Just some of his films. Splash, he got the role after doing a guest spot on Happy Days, which led to Ron Howard considering him for the film. Big, with an Oscar nomination and Golden Globe win. Joe vs. the Volcano, his first teaming with Meg Ryan. A League of Their Own. Sleepless in Seattle with a Golden Globe nomination. Philadelphia, Oscar number one and Golden Globe win. Forrest Gump, Oscar number two and Golden Globe win. The Toy Story franchise, That Thing You Do. Hank's film directorial debut. Saving Private Ryan, Oscar and Golden Globe noms, The Green Mile, Castaway, Oscar nomination and Golden Globe win, The Da Vinci Code, Saving Mr. Banks, and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and an Oscar nomination. So far, he has grossed almost $10 billion in worldwide box office over his career. His production company, Playtone, has produced many documentary series and miniseries, winning five Emmys. Hank's trophy case must be bursting. Six People's Choice Awards, two Producers Guild Awards, plus a Lifetime Achievement, two SAG Awards, three American Comedy Awards, the American Film Institute Lifetime Achievement Award, the Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille Award, the Kennedy Center Honors, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the French Legion of Honor. Hanks is a major political activist as well as a supporter of the Manned Space Program. If IMDb is to be believed, he has no less than six upcoming films. Peter Scolari already had a regular TV role under his belt before Buddies, the short-lived Good Time Girls, episode 101. He followed up Bosom Buddies with regular or recurring roles on Baby Makes Five, Family Album, Dweebs, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show, Gotham, Madoff, Girls, but may be best remembered so far for his role as smarmy yuppie Michael on the long-running Newhart. Scolari has also done a lot of TV movies and guest spots. Wendy Jo Sperber had appeared primarily in films doing comedic roles in I Want to Hold Your Hand, Corvette Summer, and 1941 before Bosom Buddies. She went on to Private Benjamin, the TV show, Women in Prison, Babes, Hearts of Fire, and Eight Simple Rules, along with the Back to the Future franchise. Sperber passed from cancer in 2005 at age 47. Donna Dixon was a beauty pageant winner, Miss Virginia 1976. Bosom Buddies was, was her first time on screen. A few months after they appeared together in the film Dr. Detroit, she married Dan Aykroyd, and they're still married today. This led to films Twilight Zone the Movie, Spies Like Us, The Couch Trip, Wayne's World, Exit to Eden, and Nixon. She was also a regular on TV series Behringers. Dixon retired from acting in 2014. Lucille Benson was her high school valedictorian, and she worked initially as a teacher before moving to the theater the day before spring and walking happy before getting a role opposite Robert Redford in Little Faust and Big Halsey. 
She had recurring runs on Petricelli, Nashville 99, CBS Afternoon Playhouse, and The Ropers, and appeared in films Duel, Silver Streak, 1941, and Halloween 2. Benson passed in 1984. Holland Taylor started in the theater as well. Broadway's The Devils, Butley, Murder Among Friends, The Cocktail Hour with a Drama Desk nomination, and The Front Page. She had runs on soaps Beacon Hill and The Edge of Night. Her acting coach, Stella Adler, suggested Bosom Buddies, which was followed by a long line of playing elegant, pushy women, Me and Mom, Harry, Going Places, The Powers That Be, Saved by the Bell, The College Years, The Naked Truth, The Practice, Winning an Emmy, Baby Bob, The L Word, Electric City, Two and a Half Men, with four Emmy nominations, Mr. Mercedes, along with films The Jewel of the Nile, The Truman Show, and Legally Blonde. And we covered Telma Hopkins in episode 99 for A New Kind of Family. Despite the level of talent, a producer was quoted later as thinking how good Hanks was, Too bad he won't be in television for long. I knew he'd be a movie star in two years. Plus, the early Miller Milkus magic? Bosom Buddies only lasted two seasons with only 37 episodes total. ABC kept switching the show's time slot, which they think will allow a show to find an audience, but it usually dooms the show instead. However, when Hanks later became a household name, NBC bought the show and showed it in prime time during summer 1984. It's been syndicated on USA, TBS, TV Land, MeTV, and it just started on the Decades Network. The opening theme became problematic when they used Billy Joel's My Life, which couldn't be relicensed later and had to be replaced for syndication. This was resolved in one of Cartoon Network slash Adult Swim's greatest events in television history mockumentaries, where Joel himself sang the song and Paul Rudd and Adam Scott played the leads. Now, I watched an episode on Daily Motion. Hanks and Scolari really sell the ridiculous concept. How did no one figure out that Henry and Kiff's sisters were just them in drag? We actually get the bit of, I'm not going to dress in drag, followed immediately by them in drag after a wipe. The dialogue does come thick and fast. Breaking Away premiered on ABC on November 29th, 1980 at 8 p.m. Another example of a 60-minute sitcom that we'd probably be called a dramedy today and based on the film of the previous year about a phenom bicycle racer. It's a prequel to the film with Sean Cassidy taking over the Dennis Christopher role while Barbara Berry as the lead's mom, John Ashton as his brother, and Jackie Earl Haley as his buddy Moocher reprising their film roles. Tom Wigan and Tom Bray played his other friends, and Vincent Gardenia played his dad. Sean Cassidy was a recording artist while still in high school. The Do Run Run was a number one single, and he got him a Grammy nom. Being the son of Shirley Jones and Jack Cassidy, of course, didn't hurt. As tastes changed and his music career faded, he switched to acting. He co-starred on The Hardy Boys' Nancy Drew Mysteries just prior to Breaking Away. Cassidy moved over to the stage in the 80s and 90s, Mass Appeal, Bus Stop, and Blood Brothers with his half-brother David. And then he became a writer and producer. American Gothic, Roar, Players, Cover Me, The Agency, Cold Case, Invasion, Ruby and the Rockets, Blue Bloods, Emerald City, and New Amsterdam. 
John Ashton is a longtime character actor with film and TV credits from the 70s to today. He recurred or was a regular on Dallas and Hardball and appeared in films Midnight Run and the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. Jackie Earl Haley started as a child actor, the Bad News Bears franchise, Damnation Alley, as well as voice work, Wait Until Your Father Gets Home, These Are the Days, Valley of the Dinosaurs, prior to the Breaking Away film and the TV series. Reportedly, he auditioned for A Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984, but a buddy that came along got a role instead, Johnny Depp. He switched to directing TV commercials in the 90s and early 2000s, and it took Sean Penn to get him to return to acting. Little Children got him awards and an Oscar nomination, followed by Watchmen as Rorschach, Shutter Island, the rebooted Nightmare on Elm Street, Lincoln, The Birth of a Nation, and London Has Fallen, as well as regular roles on Human Target, The Tick, and a recurring role on Preacher. Tom Wiggins started on the stage after dropping out of college, getting the lead in a touring company of Greece and later on Broadway. After breaking away, he moved into soaps, Texas, Another World, As the World Turns, Guiding Light, as well as several TV guest roles. Wigan would return to Broadway in Abe Lincoln in Illinois and continues to do stage work. Tom Bray would go on to be a regular or recur on One Day at a Time, Riptide as Boz, Harry, with voice work on New Kids on the Block and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Bray also wrote for Designing Women, Evening Shade, Fired Up, and Nash Bridges. He was also a producer of that series. He retired last year. Vincent Cardinia was performing on stage as a child and would perform on early live TV dramas. By the late 50s, he was on Broadway, The Cold Wind and the Warm, The Wall, Sideman and Son, The Prisoner of Second Avenue, winning a Tony, winning an Obie for Passing Through from Exotic Places. He spent the 60s in TV guest spots along with recurring roles on The Defenders and The Rogues, getting a gig on All in the Family in 1973 as Frank Lorenzo and an Emmy for TV movie Age Old Friends. Much later, he got a recurring role on L.A. Law. Films include The Hustler, Where's Papa, Cold Turkey, Bang the Drum Slowly with an Oscar nomination, Death Wish, The Front Page, Heaven Can Wait, The Little Shop of Horrors musical, Moonstruck with a second Oscar nom. Just after the final preview performance of Off-Broadway's Breaking Legs in 1992, Gardenia died overnight of a heart attack. We covered Barbara Berry in episode 67 for Diana. Breaking Away was one of the victims of the 1980 actor strike arriving late in the fall season. Despite major promotion by ABC, the show only ran seven episodes with one more unaired. A&E, back when they were actually arts and entertainment and not freaks and reality shows, aired reruns in the mid-80s. I found the pilot on YouTube. The opening theme sounds like it came out of an elevator. The show is set in Indiana, although it was shot in Georgia, and it's all about small-town America with the college kids versus the townies. It's very audition scenes for young actors-esque, with characters making speeches more than actual dialogue. At one point, the teens play chicken in their cars, and they seem to be yelling at each other, although you don't see any of the actors actually speaking. Well, that does it for 1980, so we'll move into 1981 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. 
You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.